Good morning, church family. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again today. If you've got your Bibles with you, I'd like for you to turn to the book of John. You know, that song that Lincoln sang, it said, change my life and make me new. And, and, and to be a friend. And I tell you what, that there's no greater friend than the friend that we have in Jesus. It says in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 15, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, so thankful for another opportunity to gather here in your house, Lord. And we just pray that as we open up your word, Lord, that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that, that you would open up the, our, our ears, Lord, that we may hear your word, and, and, and Lord, we may feel the moving of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for, uh, for the lost within this house. Lord, that today would be the day that, that they see you as, as, as the true friend and Savior that you are. Lord, and I pray on my own behalf, Lord, that you would just touch me. Lord, that you would give me the, the, the wisdom and the clarity. Uh, Lord, the, the ability to, to speak in a way that would be glorifying unto you. And Lord, we do love you. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. We say it's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Here we see in, in John chapter 15 the, the perfect friend. We see his love as he says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. We, we see a friendship and, and, and a reference to, to the death on the cross that, that Jesus Christ done on our behalf. We see a love that he came down out of all the glories of heaven and not only died on the cross, but, but, but to live on, on, on this cursed world amongst the sin, uh, amongst the, the, the rebuke, amongst the, the ridicule. But he was such a, a great friend that not only did he die on a cross for us, but he also defeated death for us. And he didn't stop there. He went on and, and ascended into the heavens so that we could have an advocate with the Father. Well, what a friend would we truly have in Jesus. A friend that, that left everything to come and, and, and give us an example of, of what a, a true relationship looks like. To come and, and to lead a life sinlessly. To lead a life sinlessly that we might have a, a greater example uh, of what it is that, that we're supposed to be. Providing an example of how, how we ought to be pleasing to our Father in Heaven. You know, and, and I think so often we, when we get tore up there and, and we, when we struggle with that. How, how do we be pleasing to the Father? How, how do we truly have that, that relationship that, that we needed to have? And, and if we would be diligent to, to look in, in, in God's Word, He shows us every time, doesn't He? Every time he provides us the, uh, to, to, to be able to, to know how to walk. All while facing the very same temptations 
that we do, facing the, the very same struggles that we do. Jesus Christ came and, and he walked that, that walk knowing his impending death, knowing what, what all was to come. And so I share that in, in hopes that, that you understand what all Jesus done so that we could have a, a, a relationship, so that we could have a relationship with, with the Father. You know, and I, I truly believe that, that relationships aren't designed to be one-sided. You know, we, we've all been in, in, in that relationship, that friendship, whatever it may be, and, and it just seems like it's one-sided. We're, we're all the time pouring into them, or they're all the time pouring into us, but there's nothing ever returned. And that's frustrating. You, you think, you know, I'm, I'm all the time that, that calls that person. I'm always the one who, who does this, or, or, or maybe it's vice versa. And it's just discouraging. But then if we were to look at our relationship with Christ, what a one-sided relationship it is. How often it's so one-sided and the fact that, that, that we neglect our relationships so, so many times. Turn with me to, to James chapter 2. In James chapter 2, verse 23, it says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. Here we read, But thou, O Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. And look again in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? So, so often we, we look at, at our relationship with Jesus Christ and all that he done for us and say, well, we can never really do what we needed to do to be a, a good friend to him. But scripture tells us otherwise. Because Abraham was fully man. Abraham dealt with everything that we dealt with and, and there was no divinity in Abraham. Therefore, if Abraham can live a life that scripture calls him a friend, then church, you and I can too. We, we, can, we, we can do those, those very same things. And man, what a wonderful testimony that would be to the Lord. And if each and every one of us lived a life trying to be the best friend that we could be to God. Living our, our life in every way in hopes that people would understand that this is more than a religion. But this is a true friendship, a true relationship with the Creator. Our God in Heaven. But see, you, you, uh, first off, we must understand... Where it all started for, for Abraham. So let, let's turn into the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4 says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, 
and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Look here at verse 4. So Abraham departed, or Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. What I want to show you first off today is, is that in order to be a friend of God, we first must be one who responds in faith. You, you see, that's where it all starts. As we understand that, that greater love hath no man than this, that, that it would lay down his life for a friend, we have to respond in faith to believe that he is the true son of God. That he did lay down his life, not for, 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 for anything, any vain thing, but that our sin debt may be paid for. We must first believe in faith that he conquered death and raised again on the third day. Only then to, to appear to many and, and ascend to the Father. Our friendship starts with faith. And here we see with Abram that very same thing. The initial call on his life. And a call much more difficult than our, than our initial call of faith. Our call is simply to, 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 to repent. Believe on Christ as the Lord. Abram's initial call was leave home. Leave everything that you know and go to a city that I'm not going to tell you where it is. I'm not even so much as going to tell you the name. I'm just going to call and, and I, I will show it to you. You just take that step of faith is what he says. It's a call not only to leave his home, but to leave his town. To leave his kindred and go to an unnamed destination. And not to mention, he's not exactly a young man at this point. He's 75 years old at this point. He's called, leave everything that you know and go to an unnamed destination. Yet when God calls him, there in verse 4, Abram departed. There was no argument. There was no questions. Abram departed. That's all it was. He, he responded to the Lord's uh, calling in faithful obedience. Lord, you tell me what to do, and that's what I'll do. That's a true friend. That's a friend that, that, that desires a relationship. That was the, the, the very beginning of their friendship. And that friendship was established by faith. The same is true today. To have a friend, friendship with God, it, it started in faith. What we saw last week, three individuals stepped forth in faith and established that friendship. And I pray that, that, that more friendships continue to happen in this place. Abram left his home, his town, his, his kindred on faith, that God would follow through with his word. If you look there in verses 2 and 3, I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in all thy family of all the earth shall be blessed. He believed that God was going to fulfill what he called him to do. He believed in the word of God. And, and church, if we're going to be a, a friend that responds in faith, we've got to believe in the word of God. We've got to believe that, that as we take that step of faith that our sins truly are cast as far as the east is from the west. We've got, to be, we've got to believe that He has made us a new creature. That He has placed a calling on our life. 
Because we will not be known as a friend of God without faith. You know, I use this verse all the time, but it's one of my favorite verses. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We will never be a pleasing friend if we're not a friend who responds in faith. We also know in 2 Corinthians 5-7 that, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Notice that God didn't lay down a map in front of Abram and say, Go here. Take this road. Do these things. He said, You just go. I'll bless you. I'll protect you. You just go. And I'll tell you when to stop. I'll tell you when you got there. Church, that's faith. As we sit here today and, and, and ask ourselves, can we measure up to just that first step of friendship? That God, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight in, in, in every aspect of my, in my Christian life. I, I trust you in all things. I, I've placed everything in your hand. Can we honestly say that, that we meet that criteria? That criteria that, that I read there first in John chapter 15. It says in John chapter 15, verse 14, Ye are my friends, ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Ye are my friends, if you trust me, if you respond in faith, if you respond in obedience, then you've met the criteria to be a friend of God. If you've responded in faith and repented of your sins and turned from your ways and trusted after him, Notice also in, in Abram's response to God, he, unlike others at times, didn't argue. Right? I think of, uh, of Moses when he, when he came to the burning bush and he said, But Lord, I'm, I, I'm not a good speaker. I, I think of, uh, of so many. Noah, when, when he was called to build the ark, it's never rained. Paul. He had to blind Paul to get him to, to respond. So many don't come with a willingness. But you know, that, that, that's where our, our, our relationship ought to bring us to. It is a place of, of willingness. Because if you turn with me to, to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. It says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. A friendship with God isn't a friendship of, I'm going to look at the word of God, and I'm going to love my neighbor as myself, and I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, but not because I truly want to, but because I have to. He says, no, this is the love of God. If you keep my commandments, and they're not grievous, you want to do these things. You want to have that relationship. You, you want to do the things that, that are pleasing to you. There in Abram's life, in, in, in Genesis chapter 12, he, it just states that he departed. Our faithful, diligent obedience to his will shouldn't be a matter of, man, I don't want to leave. Man, I don't want to take this great big... Step. This, is, this is such a burden. But rather, 
Lord's place is calling in my life, and I'm going. I'm doing. Well, whatever that is, that's faith, church. To love God enough to desire, I just want to please Him. And if that means leaving Haran, if that means going to a place of, 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 of strangers, if that means me being a pilgrim in a foreign land, if that's what it takes for me to be pleasing to my Father, then that's what I want to do. That's a friend of God, church. That's something that we can all improve on, to be one who, who responds in faith. We also see in the life of Abraham, if you turn with me to, to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18, first eight verses. And the Lord appeared unto him into the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent, in the tent door, in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and he looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door. And he bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched. And wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch you a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abram hastened into his tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it. Make cakes upon the hearth. And Abram ran into the herd and he fetched a calf tender and good. And he gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed, and he set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. I believe a friend of God is one who is quick to, to run into service. One who desires to be in the presence of the Lord. And in this passage, the, the Lord appears to Abraham. And notice what, what his, his first response is in verse 2. He lifted up his eyes and he looked. And lo, three men stood by him. When he saw them, he ran to meet them. He was excited to be in the presence of the Lord. He was excited for an opportunity to, to be of service. He was excited to, 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 to have an opportunity to, to be in communion with his Lord. My, what, what a different community. Well, what a different nation we could be. If we were that excited to get into the house of the Lord, to, to get into His presence, to look up and say, look, the church is just over yonder. Let's get there quick. I don't want to miss a moment. I want to be there. It was an immediate response and desire to, to serve Him. Asking Him, My Lord, if I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. Please don't go. Please stay a while. Please allow me to, to enjoy the, 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 the presence. You know, so many churches, that's what they want. They, they, they want that emotional feeling. They, they want that, that joy. Sit down and, 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 and pour out upon me. But notice that's not what Abraham done. He was joyful to be there. But he didn't just say, he didn't just sit down and say, Lord, pour out upon me. But it says, 
Let a little water, I pray, you be fetched. Wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Lord, I'm here, and, and, and Lord, it's not just about me. But I want to give you rest. I want to wash your feet. I want to serve you to the best and, and to everything I have. I want to pour out into you. My, what a different culture we could live in if that was the attitude of the modern church. I'm coming not to be entertained, but I'm coming to pour out to my God. I'm coming to, to be of service to Him. I'm coming to, to be a blessing unto Him. Let me wash your feet. Let me fetch you a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. Abram had a desire to serve. If we'll ever be known as a friend of God, then that'll be where we start as well. To respond in faith to his calling and then to live a life desiring to serve the Lord and serve him at our best. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 10. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12. And now Israel... What doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord with thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. That's pretty simple, church. Love him, walk in his ways, and serve him with all that we have. Serve the Lord God with all our heart, with all our soul. Even when it's inconvenient, church. Because if you notice there in Genesis 18, verse 1, when, when, the, when the Lord appeared, He didn't appear when it was convenient. It says that He appeared in the heat of the day. I'd go, but you know it's raining outside. I'd, uh, let's do this. Would we come to church if there was no air conditioning? Would we, would we have the desire to do the things that we've done if it was hard? In, in, in our nation today, it's so easy comparatively. You look around to these third world countries and you see the huts that they come in. I, I, I heard a testimony from, from a missionary over in Africa. And they were talking how, how the women that, that attended the church, they would come Sunday morning... And if they were able to make it back Sunday night, they were crawling because their Muslim husbands had beat them. Beat them to a point where they couldn't walk. Beat them to the point where, 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 where they were almost crippled. But they had a desire to be in his house. They had a desire to learn more, to, to serve him better, to, to, to be there even if it did cost them something. That's something that we don't see in America. We'll come if it's convenient. We'll come if it's easy. But Abram came in the heat of the day. And notice also in verse 2, he didn't walk. He ran. He exerted a lot of effort. It's hot. I'm going to take my time. I don't, I don't want to mess this up. 
No, he ran. He, he, he done some work to get there. He truly wanted to serve him and to serve him as long and as hard the best that he could. And this wasn't a, a, a young, spry Abram. We have an older man almost to the age of 100. We have no excuse to say, I've done my part. I'm such and such years old. I'm, I'm old enough, we'll let the young ones do it. Abram, here he is, 100 years old, in the heat of the day, running to serve the Lord. Exerting much effort. Look with me in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 12. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, Only fear the Lord. Serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things He hath done for you. So let's stop for a second. Here, whenever we're looking at, at the friend of God, and Abram, yes, he was certainly good in that time. God's been good from the very beginning. He had created. He had given him life. But Jesus Christ had not yet died on that cross. That sacrifice had not yet been made. He was still simply just trying to, to, to live out by faith. And even... At that moment, he understood that my God is great enough, my God is good enough, my God is worthy enough, that regardless what the call is, when it is, or how inconvenient it is, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it all to the best of my ability. Church, here we are, past the New Testament. And, and we saw Jesus Christ, no greater man, no greater love hath this than a man lay down his life for his friends. And he says, you are my friends if you will keep my commandments. I ask you, churches, isn't he worthy? Isn't he worthy to get up in the heat of the day and to run to serve him? To give him our very best all the time? I say that he is. Colossians chapter 3 expounds on this a little more. It says in verse 23 and 24, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Therefore, whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's in the house of God, we're to be doing it as if we're doing it for the Lord. Doing it with all that we have. Not to, to just be a good employee. Not to just be a, a good husband, wife, son, daughter. But doing it because the Lord has told us to do it. Because I love Him and I want to follow after His commandments. Something else that we do well to realize there in Genesis chapter 18 is verse 7 and 8. And Abraham ran into the herd, and he fetched a calf tender and good, and he gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it, and he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and he set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. 
Abram's Abram's service was sacrificial. God, not only am I going to exert myself, not only am I going to do all that I can out of, out of my physical body to serve you, but I'm going to love you sacrificially. I'm going to give. I'm going to give you, and, and, and not just a calf, but what's it say? One that was tender, one that was good. He was willing to give God what he had. You know, and, and that's true still today within the New Testament. For it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, Every man according as he has purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So many times we... We look at that and we think of, uh, of the offering box in, in the back there, but I think it means a lot more. Give all that we have. Serve Him, not only monetarily, but physically, emotionally. Serve Him in all aspects. It says, with all my heart and with all my strength. And to do it cheerfully. You know, there in, in Genesis 18, it says that, that he took this stuff. And notice what he does after he does that. He sets it before them, and he stands by them under the tree, and they did eat. It doesn't say that, that he sat down next to them, and he began to eat with them. I stood next to them, and they did eat. I'm giving to you, expecting nothing back. I'm not expecting you to pull up a, a, a seat to the table and say, here, you have some too. But Abram pulled up sacrificially and said, I don't want any of it. I want to give all of it to you. I'm not expecting anything back. You know, Brother John says this all the time, that we ought to, if we die and go to hell, we ought to go to hell trusting in the Lord. We ought to give to Him and not expect Him to do anything back. So many people... Well, they'll give and say, well, God's going to bless it tenfold. He might. But are you still going to cheerfully give if He doesn't? Are we still going to serve Him with all that we have? Even if we end up in the, in the pits of a prison somewhere. Because we ought to. A friend of God responds in faith. A friend of God serves Him with all they have. And a friend of God communicates with them. If we... Just turn over the page a few verses in chapter 18, going to, to, to verse uh, 23. It says, And Abraham drew near, and he said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for fifty righteous that are therein? And if we were to read on all the way down through the remaining of that chapter, we see that. He goes and, and he says, well, well, how about 45? Well, what if there be 40? What if there be 30, 20? God, what if there be 10? Will you, will you spare the city? Here we see Abraham in a friendship where he's willing to communicate. You know, I look out at, 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 at brother and sister uh, Jim and Wilma. And they're celebrating 57 years of marriage. And, and I'd be willing to say, would it have lasted if they didn't communicate? Probably not. 
And church, so many, so many Christians grow cold and weary because of their prayer life. Because of their lack to, to get into His Word. Because of their, their, their depleting desire to, to really communicate with the Lord. Our friendship with God will, will never reach its fullest potential if we're not frequently in communication with Him. Think for a moment what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, pray without ceasing. We know that, that, that Brother uh, uh, Faulkner brought forth that message out of, out of Luke 18, where it says, pray and, and, and faint not. Abraham didn't quit praying when the Lord said, yeah, if there's 50 in there, I won't destroy it. But he continued on. Lord, what if there's not 50? What if there's only 10? God, will you still, will you still save that, those people? He came to the Lord about the matter, but he continued time and time praying for the righteous in that city. And I believe that he'd done so in faith. Look with me over into Mark chapter 11. I believe that if, if we're faithful in our prayer, and, and we do so, coming to Him, believing that, that He is one who hears, believing that He is one who, who cares, then Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus Himself says, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. I believe that if we pray according to His will, keeping Him first, keeping His desires first, and we believe, Lord, You're going to provide, He says, You shall have them. What the so things you ever desire, believe that You're going to receive them. When Abram came to Him and began to pray, he believed the Lord was going to save Lot and his family. And we know that He did. And lastly, a friend of God exhibits trust. What sort of friendship would it be if I didn't trust you? What sort of relationship would it be for a husband and a wife if they didn't trust one another? How miserable that would be. So here in Abraham's life, in Genesis chapter 22, it came into pass these things, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham... He said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and he saddled his ass, and he took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering. And he rose up, and he went up to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto him, I said unto his young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father... He said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? 
Notice Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Here we see God placing a measuring stick within the, the, the friendship between him and Abraham. How good of friends are we here? I know that, that, that you have faith in me. I know that, that you have a desire to serve me. I know that, that we communicate often, but how much do you trust me? If that question was placed in our life today, how much do you trust the Lord? What would your answer be? Because for Abraham, that measuring stick was much more trying than any level of trust fall. It was much more than, than, than any sort of figure of speech. But it was one that requires the life of his promised son. It was one that required the life of his promised son at the hand of Abraham. The Lord didn't just say, go up there and I'll kill him. But Abraham went up with supplies to make a fire and a knife in his own hand. And his response to Isaac is the Lord will provide. We saw that when he left, the two other men, he said, we'll come again. We'll be back. This would be unimaginably hard when we put ourselves in that situation. But it goes to show that if we're truly going to be known as a friend of God, we've got to be willing to trust him regardless of how crazy it might seem. We've got to trust him Regardless how uncomfortable, how unfathomable. I mean, you look all throughout Scripture. When Moses was building that ark, there had never been rain fall from the sky. And he was going to exert himself for many decades building this boat that all would think was unnecessary. You look as, as Moses is, is running from Pharaoh and he gets to the Red Sea. The Lord tells him to raise his staff. How unfathomable what he would do. You look all throughout Scripture and see these times where it's just unimaginable. And all we're left to do is trust him. Lord, I know Pharaoh's armies are getting close. The only thing left I have to do is trust you. This world is growing more and more wicked every day. They're coming after the Christians. And they're coming after our children. Church, I ask you, what else do we have to do rather than trust our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Psalm 9, verse 10 says, They that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek them. I put my trust in you because, Lord, I know throughout all of Scripture, throughout all of time, any of those who have put their trust in you and continually to seek after you, Lord, you've never forsaken them. Lord, you've always been there time and time again. And I just want to point out as I close, verse 5. 
Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the asses, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. He tells his people, I know that God is going to bring us back. I don't know how, and I don't know when. Notice he didn't say we'll be back in, in just a little bit, we'll be back tomorrow. But he had faith and trust. We're coming back. Church, we can't always see the end of the road. We don't know God's plan. But we know God. We know our friend in Jesus. For it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 24, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse or barn, and God feedeth them. How much better are ye than the fowls of the earth? If he, if, if, if the birds can trust him, if all of creation can trust him, then why can't we, church? Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song is also become my salvation so as I close and, and Brother Jim gets a song ready I hope today that you've seen that we have a friend in Jesus a friend who gave his life on the cross so that we may be able to, to spend eternity with him a friend that had such a strong desire to be with us that he laid down his life and, and, and not easily but done so with the weight of all the sin of the world. Done so as, as they beat him. Scourged him. Placing a, a crown of thorns on his head. To put him on a cross. And then mock him. And watch him die a slow and painful death. That's the sort of friend that we have in Jesus. Jesus. I hope that we can see and realize our friendship needs to be one that needs work on our behalf. Needs to be one faith and obedience and communication and trust. I hope today that if the Lord's spoken to your heart, that you'll realize what a friend he is and that you too will desire to be a friend of God. Let us pray. Father God, we, we come to you one more time this, this afternoon. And Lord, I thank you for the friendship that we have in you. And Lord, I just pray that as we prepare to depart from this place, that you'll continue to, to speak into our lives. Lord, show us the areas in which we need to improve to be more pleasing to you. Lord, we pray for the lost in my house. Lord, that today may be the day that they realize their eternal need. Lord, and they submit to you for, as their Savior. Lord, we do love you. Give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Say this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ.